my fucking chair sucks. I have to lean forward the whole time. You need a massage chair. Yeah, man. Leave your chair alone just because you don't have a chair. Um, anyways, uh, oh, we're recording. Um, hi, guys. Welcome back to Humanity Jitsu Podcast. You're here with myself, Con Gracie, and Shawnee Judo Jits, and Andrew Quinn, the man, Humanity himself. Sorry, really yeah. man. Anyways, um, today's topic we're talking about um, setting goals, long term, mid term, short term, whatever it is, achieving those goals. And um, yeah, I'm just going to give it right to Humanity because he looks very awkward right now and he looks like he's not ready to talk. So, guys, uh, we all have fucking goals in Jiu Jitsu, whether it be like competition goals, like trying to win this competition, you know, or fighting at a different weight class, trying to cut weight and shit. Like, see, I was hoping before the whole Rona thing, tr- like, I usually fight at middleweight. I was like, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll cut down to lightweight. But then the fucking weight I'm at now, I, I'll just be at me- middle heavy. I'm like, you know, I'd be, I'd have to cut to get to middleweight in the gi, mind you. And that's like 82.5. I'd have to cut to get to that weight in the gi now. I'm like, oh, my God. You know how it is. <laughs> uh, so what were, what were your guys' goals before the whole Rona shit went down? Uh, I just wanted to be able to keep competing, to be honest with you. <laughs> that was my, that was my thing and uh, not get hurt and just bring lads on like you know help, help them achieve their goals as well so yeah the, the rollage kind of hit that in the fucking head didn't it oh jesus <laughs> what about you con you wanted to suplex more people in a well, foreign uh foreign kind, land kind of yeah but like it's not it's not really i wanted to suplex more people like no i did but like in terms of in terms of actual um like what was the way I was going to do it was I was going to kind of like I had the Irish Open coming up I had two competitions coming up actually two or three of them um, after England because after England we had because England was this year even though it seems about like four years ago um, because coronavirus um, but like we had this plan to do like a load of Irish comp- jiu-jitsu competitions like grappling industries samurai grappling uh, gamma I just planned to do all of them um, sub only like you know the ones ran by um, John Jordan and all them but um, but then we also had the wrestling stuff over. And we had the English one. We had the we had we already did Manchester basically, and then we also had um Wigan, which is also still also in England. Then we also had the Malta. Um, if you know about Malta, it's it's very it's a very high pedigree wrestling. Um, same with Georgia. We're going to go to Georgia as well. Um, and our goals are actually. To get more guys from Tullamore competing as well, even in the, even in the Irish Open and Double O Dublin Dublin Open, because there's going to be a few competitions on over the summer, and one of a few of them were were international, so I would have been going to them. But then there was the actual Irish Open, which is in like July or August, um, or the, yeah, July or August, anyways. And we were we were going to have a few guys from Tullamore to go to that, as you said, Sean yourself, yeah. trying to get your own guys to achieve their goals, or like you know, kind of make them realize. That this might be what they want to do, might be they can do it once, and then if they don't like it, then they don't have to do it again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Same with jiu-jitsu. Like whenever you're starting off in jiu-jitsu, it's kind of like, oh, I might compete, see what it's like, and then when you get smashed, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm not. That's that's not going to be my last competition. That that was all. <laughs> yeah. No, we had we had a big enough. We had a big kind of plan. Even when first lockdown ended, we were all kind of like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna the Irish Open or the Irish. Santa Slam could still be on, and now it's like, yeah, no. Um, it's like, oh, 
Uh, similar to that, Colin, we I'd usually have maybe fourteen tournaments in a year between mm. the judo and jiu jitsu, and they all just kind of went gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and people would be calling you, oh, do you want to travel to this one? You're like, on yeah, yeah, but then five weeks out, it'd be gone as well with the second lockdown and and all that mm. stuff. Yeah, kind of a bit of a balls, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, there's a there was a competition actually yesterday in Alicante, Spain. For Alicante Open, the wrestling Open, and I only found out about it, yeah, like literally Thursday. I was like, why the fuck are, don't did I know about this? Like, I literally could have gone. Yeah, it's part of an elite sport, so like I could have been like, yeah, well, like I could have gone, but nobody knew about it because like it's all been smothered down by lockdown and everything else, which is fair enough. But like that would have been an extra one on the list, which as you said would have been around 13, 14, 15, 16 competitions, like you know. Yeah. Here, like so. Yeah. It's, but even the governing bodies don't really know what's going on either, you know. So like the judo, the wrestling, they're all not really getting the information either. So no, we actually the information. Yeah, we we actually recently did the we recently did the AGM. I told you about that didn't I? Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, but like you know, we still have to fucking clue when we're going to do competitions again because it's like it's like um yeah, it's great. Like we could have we could have actually done Irish Open because it was only Ireland. But then we had a few Americans coming over and a few Maltese people coming over as well. It was like, well, that just ruined it. But like at the same time, you still kind of want that kind of you still want that kind of international presence of different people. Like you know, whenever you go to just come, you see people there from like Spain and France and Germany. You get you get a good few Brazilians. It makes it exotic. Yeah, literally <laughs> multicultural, bro. Um, some uh, foreign delicacies maybe some exotic submissions be there yeah literally but that's but that's kind of what you want like and whenever like you don't get that it's kind of like all right well then it's kind of pointless but then if you don't get if you don't do that you still have the competition but then it can be a little bit like um competitive because i guarantee you how many times have you competed or seen your fighters compete and they've competed against the same guy for like the seventh time yeah <laughs> like do, do you know what i mean so it, like, you know, you kind of want that bit of internationalism, but like, um, well, like at the moment, you can't do anything. Like, nobody knows when anything's going to go on. Like, the Gamma, uh, I saw so many guys have signed up for Gamma. I don't know when, that, I don't actually know when that is because I was going to do it and I was like, oh. It's on uh, the 31st of January, supposedly. Uh, well, I haven't signed up for it because it's just it's just gonna fucking get delayed. So like, plus I don't, I, I'm not in the mood to drop sixty something quid on a competition that might not even go ahead. So like, what, what's the point really? Yeah, yeah, I might just fly over abroad to a fucking uh, again or something. Mm. It, it depends exactly on what the the next level of restrictions come in as well. Like you know, they, even if they say the next round, oh, you are down to level three there and. December, great. People do shopping for Christmas. Pubs are closed. Oh, so everyone, will, everyone, yep. Straight after that, because yeah. Christmas will everyone be mixing in, you know. So I, I would say January, you might get gyms open properly in in January, but uh, after I wouldn't say you get competitions for quite a while. Mm. Uh, here to some, uh, what's it? Some, uh, what's the fucking phrase? There's like some whispers going around in like the UK of gyms opening and stuff. Like, uh, I was talking to this guy who trains in Wales, and his gym's opening up on Monday. I'm like, how the fuck is your gym opening up on Monday? And, like, I can't remember what he told me, but, like, what the hell? And then, like, this dude from Northern Ireland apparently, like, um, 
it's being like discussed and shit on Monday as to whether whether or not their gaff is opening up. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that shit. I think um, England were in a light lockdown. They're only in like a two week long lockdown. I think. Um, yeah, oh, it's Wales. Yeah, fire fire, fucking farm or something like that. They were doing. Yeah. I'm not sure what the actual name, but you're right. Yeah. yeah. What's going on there? But anyways, it's um, it is really kind of frustrating seeing other people training. I am seeing a lot of jiu-jitsu channels. It's like, oh, I got my second strike vest. It's like, how are you still training? Like, yeah. Or when people getting promoted around this time, I'm like, well, um, you know, there's either there's two schools of thought. Like, you know, keep the team aspect alive and all that, because you know everyone's fucking miserable, and you know if people are getting promoted. You know, lift the spirits up, and you know, maybe they are good enough to get it. But I'm thinking. People are barely training with uh nowadays, and you know people are getting promoted. I'm like, it's a it's a bit weird. And, you know, most cases people are probably good enough, but you know, you know what I mean. It's not like a regular year of training and shit. It'd be very hard to do the grad the great graduation ceremony and all that as well. Like, so we we've missed out on a whole year of training technically. Yeah, pretty much. It is genuinely a whole year of training. Everyone's kind of a lot of people who listen to this. They'll be kind of like, oh no, sure, it's only been, oh my god, it's it's November. <laughs> like, it's been nearly eight months, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 been ridiculous. Like I, I like I think um, like a lot of people who say they only train for like three years, they could be training for like four, but then they just don't count this year. Yeah, yeah. But next year, when I'm when I'm twenty two next year, I'm gonna count it as twenty one again because I'm. Shit, I'm, man! I'm master three next year, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i want to compete this year you know I, you know you know what i mean like yeah. i was wanting to give a, another push for the the judo one more international competition like but that's kind of gone now as well so oh uh, well sean only i said you'll what it's masters tree you're going into yeah yeah dude you'll just you, well man you just kill all those old men anyway you'll be you'll be <laughs> you'll be the, you'll be the young fella in that division <laughs> <laughs> Sure, we'll see. Take it easy now, there, young buck. Then it's gone straight on your head. Uh, chip off the old block. Uh, to, to get it back on the topic of goals. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> now, Sean, especially when you were coming up, like through the belts and shit. Like, did you have any sort of uh, long-term goals and shit? Like, especially when you were coming up through the lower belts, like say you just started jujitsu, or even back in your early judo days. What was your sort of goal-oriented mind? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say like when I started the judo, I was like, I'm gonna be a fucking champion. You know, I got the black belt, I want all that. But it's like the, the underpants gnomes from from Super. You know, get the underpants profit. You forget the process part. You know, yeah. how much hard fucking work and what you actually have to do to do that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I started just going from competition to competition. You know, and it's like a Right, first of all, process, make weight. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Next thing, make sure make sure you're fucking good enough to enter the right division and just start just um focusing on you know, the goal of the competition mightn't be to win the tournament, it might be to, you know what's what's the word? Good performance like. Mm. Uh, but it's hard at first because people equate with um you either win and if you don't win you didn't perform well. Whereas you could have be an absolutely fantastic match, like you know. So, I suppose uh, the goals kind of changed that from that initial. I wanted all to write up the yeah. I just I just want to be able to survive, you know, and and just go day by day and tournament by tournament, like. 
and mm. and before you know it, like the belts and all just came, titles came along, you know. So, <laughs> it's a big difference from being that young person who's associated on all medals and everyone thinking you're awesome and, and stuff, uh, to being kind of like an older guy who just wants to be able to get better, uh, progress and and all that. So, kind of turns from motivated from outside outside stuff to you know internal stuff you know so lads mm. I, have a, I have an ma in sports psychology so i can waffle on all that if you like mm. <laughs> uh, elaborate a little so we can get to sort of uh add a bit of what's it a bit of an academic feel to the podcast for once <laughs> <laughs> all right all right yeah look um do you want me to talk about goal setting yeah sure all ears all right okay all right, so you know, there we talk. I kind of mentioned earlier there's process goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to write down your process of what you have to do to achieve everything. Like before you have a short term goal, okay, you have to go, okay, I'd like to do well in that tournament, but how am I going to do that? Write them down, even the little nitty gritty of making sure you have the right gi in your bag. You know, have your gum shields if that's what's sanctioned. Like some guys will start off and they'll come onto a mat wearing a fucking jock strap. And you're like, oh, okay, gone. You know, get rid of that there. That's why your whole game out. Anyway, like other processes, make sure you have your turn up, you're getting the right trade and you're getting the right training and partners in. And hopefully from that, you'll achieve your short-term goal. Once you achieve one short-term goal, set the next one, set the next one, set the next one. And eventually you, you achieve your, your long-term goal. But as well as that, like, have you ever heard of SMART goals? Uh... Is that like setting a small manageable goal each and every time as opposed, yeah, is that yeah, the sort of so, thing? Yeah, that kind of thing. So if you imagine smart goals, so, so specific that you want to achieve, okay? So what, what do you want to say? You want something specific. You want to uh, win a win a, a local ju- or jiu-jitsu in open day. So measurable, how can you achieve? Is it measurable that you've won it? Yeah. You know, or medaled, you know, is it achievable? Yeah. Is it realistic? And that's really important. Is something actually realistic that someone can achieve it? Uh, time frame, you know, how long are you going to give yourself to win a tournament? You know, so do you want to win one within one year? Do you want to win one in five years? Whatever. Um, and so that's smart goals. If you want to go a bit further, you can do smarter. You can evaluate, did it, did all that work? You know, this is all the process I'm talking like did, did all that work and then review it and reset it. So use the information that your past experience and reset it and set your new goal. And that's just pure wisdom and about 10 books condensed into 2.5 minutes. But, um, but it's, it's really important. Like, you know, if you're setting goals, make sure they're controllable, you know, that, you know, outside influences won't affect it. Mm. You know, so make sure it's make sure it's challenging as well. Like if it's if it's a goal that you can achieve just by showing up, did you achieve that? Will it mean that to you? Mm. You know, you know yourself. If you've been through absolute hell of a tournament and you came away with a bronze and you're smiling, it's like yeah, that means a hell of a lot. Then turning turning up and it's not just participation medal, basically. Yeah, yeah, you you don't want that. Like you know, if you if you've had a grinding tournament that you've been in bits. You could actually take that and say, on a day, another day, you could have been a champion, you know, and and use that positive, you know, you achieve things and motivates you goes forward. You could set another goal based off mm. the previous performance. Mm. 
Uh, see, you know, I think it's really a good another thing. Make sure the goal is relevant. You know. Now, mm. uh, see, I think it's a good idea what you're saying about the little smarter goals because. I used to actually mm. do this a little bit, it's like unintentionally, when I was still a white belt. Like I went, I was going to this advanced class one time, and I was just thinking on the walk over there. I was like, "Yeah, uh, tonight I'm not going to get armbarred. I'm going to try my best not to get armbarred." Which, yeah. you know, as a white belt in the advanced class, would wouldn't really be a, you know, might not be, <laughs> it might not go my way. But then, like, you know, I, I just was thinking about that, and then afterwards, I was thinking, "Oh shit, I actually didn't get armbarred at all tonight." Fuck yeah, you know, because, you know, then when you do achieve that little mini goal, you know, because you do feel like a, oh, sorry, I had to plug that shit up. You have to fuck, you feel like a fucking, you know, some sort of, uh, what's it, genius or some shit, if that's the right term. Yeah, well, look, man, you, you've, you've achieved, you've achieved the goal, so now you'll, you'll reset it and go, right, the next time I'm not going to let them arm bar me and I'm going to try resist choke. You want to survive without getting tapped, maybe. Hmm. You get a shit out of you, but not get <laughs> But I'm a real, I'm a real, I've, uh, I'm a real stubborn bastard when it comes to chokes. Like, see, uh, <laughs> like when I remember one time I was just getting triangled to fuck, and I was just in there for ages and ages and ages and ages and ages. I was seeing really fucking small, and I was like, okay, I'll tap now. <laughs> it's like, you know, I was like, oh jeez, man, my fucking legs are fucked now. And then when he rolled again, his legs were too tired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's called strategy. Look it up. <laughs> it works all the time, guys. Don't you know this? Yeah, all you got to do is just let yourself lose the first roll, and then just win the second roll. Yes. Sorted. Yeah, sorted. It's a round robin system. <laughs> yeah, it's a bold strategy, but uh, it has its merits. Yeah, yeah, that's all it works for. <laughs> oh, Sean, another thing I want to yep. want to ask your uh, what uh, what's the thing, mighty uh grizzled beardocious look looking head yeah, see so, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's like we'll veteran, but yeah <laughs> what'd you say we'll, we'll call it a veteran look that's it that's, i couldn't man i just can't think of words sometimes i i should have the dictionary in front of me or the or thesaurus in front of me it's so, like just work up shit on the fly but dude since you own the gym and you know you've been operating for bits like obviously you have goals for the your gym and all that so do you have any uh do you have any goals for your gym as about now uh, get a fucking back open. <laughs> uh, uh, progressing like the, the kids' classes is flying it. Like we have to constantly add extra classes to it and all that. I want to get the the team, all the the guys who are training so hard, fucking get them experience. You know, just make it the most relaxed and you know friendly environment possible for them all. Like, yeah, and just expand it. You know, like hopefully in five six years we might need a bigger place you know <laughs> but um for right now is just get it back open and getting it you know financially sorted like you know we're okay for another couple of months but you know this shit keeps going on it's not going to be easy for myself or anyone else's gyms mm. uh, is that one of the reasons he moved because of the space like uh yep. is Oh, okay. Like how much more space do you have? Do you have like twice as much space? One and a half times as much? Say- twice twice as much space but we have a separate boxing ring now and we've got changing rooms and reception area it's you know chill out zones tvs you know it, it, it's just a hell of a nicer place like man nicer price as well but uh <laughs> oh, guys i've seen your gym on the the instagram and man i'm kicking myself to haven't been able to go there yet because it's such a fucking nice gym mm. oh, it's beautiful look we'll, we'll do a humanzi jiu-jitsu fucking seminar 
I'll I'll do a session. Connie do a session. Imagine you can just slag the living shit out of everyone. Teach a, a sneaky triangle and their legs are tired or something. That's the section. I'll do yeah. it. I'll I'll, sh- I'll show my best move, which I've never actually caught in competition. Uh, the Andrew Conda. And if anyone's anyone wants to wise ass me, but I'm like, well, uh, I do it, so I'm calling it the Andrew Conda. So shut up. <laughs> yeah, never get a name. Uh, that's a, I've I've a technique named after me as well, the Shawnee Lock. It's it's. <laughs> It's just basically um, Americana with your legs, you know. Oh, from Kizikatami? Yeah, from Kizikatami. Yeah. Oh, it's, dude, it's, I fucking love that move. It's so good. Yeah. People people never expect it. Like, man, I was passing this brown belt's guard one time, and I done that to him, and he's like, what the fuck was that? Because it's so obscure. He's like, he'd never seen that, and he's a brown belt. He's like, what the fuck is that shit? <laughs> the cool thing is they turn into you to try to relieve the pressure. you got Kamor on the other arm as well. Ooh. Or, dude, I remember one time uh, getting a reverse triangle from there, you know, with the step over the head. Like, I couldn't yeah. finish the reverse triangle, but the arm was there for the Kimura, so, yoink. Yeah. Now, I I think the most nasty thing is a crangle. I've got a crangle. Oh, oh, miserable. I've got, I'm kind of, I've got long enough legs, but, like, I've got, like, my legs are kind of, like, they've got a bit of muscle on them as well, so they're not as long and scangly and grangly. But, like, so I can actually properly compress, like, when I've got a crangle on, it's like, oh, yes, this is, this is the life. I'm just, I'm just sitting there with my, with my legs, like, triangled, and this guy's leg is just, like, going past my face here, and his arm just, like, across <laughs> my face, and I was like, ah, yes. Do you ever but, wrist lock him as well while he's in there? Just, just, my you whole could, whole just very like, easily. Yeah, the first time in that one section right there. Uh, the first time I saw that was, uh, is it Mike Bidwell, is it? BJJ mm. over 40. Oh, yeah, that guy. I saw that as I like gone, oh, that's cruel. I've been in love with it. But, man, uh, Con, how do you set it up? Do you you try to set up, Con, when they're trying to wait or sweep you? Because that happens so much. Uh, kind of. Like, you kind of, what ends up happening is you, you go for, they'll go for a wait or sweep and you kind of sit on them. But that kind of, that can go really wrong because if they kind of extend their legs again, you kind of end up on your back. So what you do is you, I actually do it from open guard, not open guard, uh, from single leg X. So what you can do is you can, um, do you know whenever you come into X guard mm-hmm. and you have the leg up on your shoulder, what you do is you take the leg that's on the outside, which is to his front out and you can start pulling. It works better in the gi because you can actually, you can kind of pull on the gi like a rope um, down. But if he's already kind of leaning down and he's trying to like put his weight down on top of you and you take your leg out and throw it over his head, then it's kind of just there. <laughs> crossing your ankles first is probably the main thing and then kind of working the head down. Mm. Uh, kind of sitting everything into, into position. Like if the leg is kind of on, do you know with the, when you do the triangle, you want the arm kind of across his head, like, like so, you want the leg to kind of be doing the same thing in the same direction because otherwise his arm is going to go this way and his leg is going to go that way. So then it's kind of like it's not, it's not his leg will actually end up as a block. So you need to bring it over to the same side. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's very complicated. It barely ever works, but whatever you get, you're just like, you're never, <laughs> you're never going to forget that in your life now, Roger. Do you hear me? <laughs> Uh, yeah. see, I've never been able to finish the triangle, but I've uh, some this someone tried to wait or sweep me one time. I locked up the configuration with their arm, their head, and their leg, and I just yeah. camorred them. Cause I, there's no way I'm fucking triangling anybody like that. No way. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a completely different finishing mechanic because you don't have much 
kind of bite on the back of the head because the head's kind of a bit more postured up. But what you can do is you just get your fist and put it into her throat. Okay. Yeah. Works. Like, yeah. I guess it's technically not illegal, so. Uh, Sean, what, do you have any other, ex- before we get back to the topic, what, do you have any other uh, exotic submissions you like doing besides uh, just uh, Shawnee Lock? Uh, Jesus. I don't, I don't really know. I, I just stick with the basics, really. But I flow them all together. Hmm. So, like, once someone escapes from one thing, it's straight into the next, and it just overloads their head. And before you know it, an arm is up somewhere, and you're just twisting <laughs> it the wrong fucking way. Or you're <laughs> back in their arms, and, and they can't see what's going on, and they put their head up, and before you know it, you've got your legs wrapped around their neck, and they're kind of slowly going to sleep. So. Hmm. Ooh. Actually, there's one that that I think about. We talk about legs behind, wrapped behind, wrapped around someone's neck. Uh, I learned how to do a triangle, a no arm in triangle, years ago, and it's still kind of worse from defending a double under double under pass. Do you know that one? Oh, like uh, the TP choke. I hear people calling this. No, no. no. So, be surprised. I'll show you because it's going to look super weird in video, but I'm going to show you anyways. So what you do is <laughs> basically, obviously, whenever you've got your legs up, you want to. Obviously, your, your triangle configuration is this and then plus over. That's fine, right? But for this, what you want to do is you want to put the leg. So obviously, you're being stacked and it's not fun. Reach under with this, come to here, and that's your. And this is the face of the neck. Okay, yeah. And that's your. That's actually going to be the arm that's in instead of his arm. Because he's going to double underpass. So you can't just pull an arm in. But you can. But if it's too far gone, you kind of wrap underneath your own shin, leg over, and triangle. And your finishing mechanics is literally just pulling your elbow up that way. Ooh. Oh, dude, that's good. I'll, I'll show you a video one of the days if I can... Do. If I ever get to roll uh, again. Um, yeah, like, shout out to one of my... I can't send that video. I was shout out to one of my guys on my team. Uh, he's he's a 12-year-old, and he came up with his own technique called the Alan Canna. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, um, when you're on top of him in side control, if you put your arm on the ground... He is he's hypermobile with his leg. He will bring it right over the top and he will actually do like an Americana with his leg from underneath you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, so what, like, like the video. Like a reverse omoplata, but like a reverse Americana. Yeah, what? he has uh, he's just he's incredible. He's like um you ever, you ever see the spider walk in the exorcist? He's like super bendy. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's absolutely incredible. You you won't believe this until you see it. So it's like a young Donaldson, Jonathan Day and Jack Dolan, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, well, younger because they're, they're another one. <laughs> well, the younger because yeah. those two are still pretty young themselves. True, but still, uh, they won't not... be in Master Three anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true enough, actually. Uh, guys. Uh, see, I'll just say my favorite exotic submission before we get back to the goals. It's uh, the Peruvian necktie. It's so oh, fucking. It's man, dude. I ha- it was a necessity for me to add that to my game because my hands down my favorite best submission best best position. Sorry, is um front headlock. Oh same. Uh, dude, front headlock is my jam. Like I don't like I don't like guillotines or arming guillotines. I'll use that to get the anaconda or I'll crush down for the dars. Or I've been trying to play crucifix a bit lately. But the fucking Peruvian necktie, when I first started doing it, it was just bam, 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 bam. Fucking everyone in the gym was getting Peruvian neckties. It, it just kept working. It like, it had, when I first started doing it, I had a 90% success rate with it. I'm in, in no gi, but then zero in gi. But whatever. Let's let's not talk about that. 
<laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that is actually mad. I, I use a German necktie, which is a bit of a different configuration for the whole the whole kind of arm and head kind of situation, but it's still it's still stupid ridiculously like overpowered, I think. If if you if you kind of jump on it, it's like really overpowered. Very hilarious. Jesus, so Sean, I thought I thought there was gonna be some exorcist stuff there in the background. <laughs> no, that was the good lady coming in to offer me a cup of tea. Why do you want a cup of tea there, Sean? <laughs> like, no, no, I'm grand. Mm, oh, guys, uh, did you guys get anything off the Instagram oh, or anything for a twelfth cup of coffee? Uh, did you guys get anything off the Instagram or anything for uh, goals and stuff when I uh, when you reposted the thing? Uh, no, I, I didn't get it anyway. Mm. I got a lot of people saying that they want the blue belt and stuff, and I was kind of like, <laughs> "We shouldn't have got to quit." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give, give them a blue and white. Give them the blue and white belts, and then I'll shut them up. Yeah, well, see, I don't know, because I was, what I was going to do was I was going to talk about my process of going through getting the blue belt and stuff, um, like, if that's all right. It's a bit of a tangent, but it still relates to the blue belt thing. Um, like, the majority of them was, how, how do I kind of get my get my blue belt? And I was kind of like, all right, well, I'll talk about this on the podcast, because it is a bit of a, sto- a, bit of a story. Um, the main thing that you kind of want to remember whenever you're looking for your blue belt is you're not going to get it whenever you want to get it. First off, first off, you're never going to get that blue belt if you think you're going to get, oh, I'm going to get the blue belt next week. It's like, we're not. That's, nope. that's, no, no, sir, that's not how it, that's not how it works. Um, <laughs> like, no, literally, like, it is the kind of thing where, like, you, you do need to start, you do need to kind of grind for your blue belt, and it is a proper grind. Everyone's kind of like, oh, no, I just trained for two years or so, and uh, and I'll get my blue belt. It's like, yeah, but you have to think about, it. you have to compete, you have to do competition classes, no, saying this, you don't have to do any of this. Like you, you can you can get a blue belt the long way, the long way. I, I, <laughs> the yeah, the long way basically, which means no competing, no competition classes, just turning up to your regular classes. Um, but the way we, the way I did it, is I kind of started doing competitions, and I think the small goals, as Sean was saying, uh, are smart goals, is really really important because you do kind of want to be doing this kind of thing where, uh, when, in my first year of competing, I did. 10 competitions, which is almost once a month. Um, it's just after, it's, it's, I think it's one every, one every five weeks or so, which is, it is, it's a quite, it's quite high turnover rate. And I, my first competition, I got, I got choked out. And then the second one, I won that one. Then the third one, I won that one. And then so on and so forth. So then obviously, when you're first starting off, I don't think your goal should be actually a blue belt. I think your goal should be kind of, Get down your fundamentals and work. Try find out your game in the competition rather than enrolling. Because whenever you're enrolling in, in your gym, what will happen is you're constantly going up against the same guys. So you kind of know what the other guy can kind of the way he moves. And like, let's say if I'm rolling with yourself, Sean, for ages, yeah. ages, I'm gonna know that you like specific things from um, Katagatami, yeah. or know that Humanzi just likes Darst Trust or from Psych Troll. Start to neutralize each other. Yeah, exactly. So then, whenever you go into competitions, it's not as you don't kind of get that flow, as it were, when while working your own game, or you don't get that kind of defensive aspect, whenever um, you're trying to like scramble and stuff. So, I think one of the most important things for goal setting before you start working for your blue belt, because you can, because your blue belt is the end goal, anyways. But it's it is when you first start, it is quite a bit away. So like. Mm. 
and that's not saying that oh shit that's me saying it your blue belt is quite a bit away like you know yeah anytime you get a belt or, or get a new belt your next belt is still quite a bit away like you still have to grind for it you still have to work for it so going back on smart goals your smart goals should be kind of getting down your fundamentals and getting improvements mm. on what you like to do and what your favorite things to do are during competitions but, but like that can bounce around every so often so like maybe sometimes during a competition you feel like right i want to get an armbar mm. and then you can start that's that's your goal for that or like maybe i want to win at least a silver in this competition because obviously going into competition you, you should be confident with yourself even if even if let's be realistic here even, even if you're only starting off you should be still confident where it's like i'm good enough i'm in a gym with like many purple belts and many blue belts and many white belts and stuff so i i'm by stepping off the mat here i'm actually proving something just by stepping off the mat yeah with a medal then that's something else entirely that's me proving myself to everybody else that i'm i'm more than capable of standing on the mat with everybody else so then there is there lies your goal uh winning gold or winning silver or even meddling meddling is yeah. meddling is a thing that people kind of like underrate because as you said sean it's like everyone kind of always wants to win like yeah but even if you even if you have a class competition or whatever and you might only come away with bronze that's still it's still you know it's still a class competition for for like th- that you do like you know and you still feel like a sense of achievement for that like if you go to a competition you run through that but like in, in such a way, not run through them as in like, oh, you tapped them, I tapped them all in 10 seconds, but as in like, I dominated my opponents every single match. You're going to feel better about it. Like, you know, and that's, and that is your end goal. Like, and I remember Kieran telling us years ago, it's like, you want to get in there, you want take down, squish them to the floor, submit. That's pretty yeah. much, that's pretty much it. It's like, you want, I want you to dominate them. And that's, and that's kind of how it should be. And then the more you kind of do that is, the more you kind of like, and more kind of end up ends up turning into all right i want to medal at this or i want to win a goal at this or i want to win like let's say three goals in a row or maybe or it could be i want to win i want to medal in the gi because i don't i don't do the gi so i want to medal in that particular thing um like it it, it is really kind of like an underrated thing i'm going back to myself i always kind of wanted the next belt as in the blue belt but since i had the two intermediary belts i could work for them either way yeah, and I think that's kind of like that is also a form of smart goal, but it also kind of keep, it helps. Yeah, well, it's, it's very similar to the ta- the tags. Yeah, you're showing yeah. someone that they're progressing. You know, yeah, that's, that's, exactly. that's huge. Yeah, exactly. It's not just like it's not just like oh, here you go for participating. Like you know, you earn your you earn your stripes and you earn your belts and stuff. So whenever I think the short, uh, obviously the end goal will always be and belt, but the short term goal should be I need to get better whilst doing competitions and you need to compete more i think a lot of people kind of like they're a little bit hesitant in competing like the worst thing that will happen is you're going to break something and that's not like it's not like you can't heal from a break and i know it sounds like oh sure you're only going to break your arm like but realistically 10 times out of 10 if you don't do something that you know that you kind of can do half well at you're going to regret it so the more you kind of compete the more the more you can kind of work on your own game and the more that actually helps you progress to your belt even though as i said it's not coming anytime soon because it's it, it's a belt like it's not it's not something that's just given to you like you have to oh, find your, your way out like i only like, i funny enough this is quite embarrassing actually my <laughs> i got my blue belt at my second gi competition like second ever competing in the gi competition but that's because i did about 15 or 16 17 different competitions 
in Nogi and won like 90% of them. And then I also turned up to every single competition class. Yeah. It's all relevant. Yeah. But like then, but my whole short term goal there was it wasn't actually the blue belt because I'd forgotten about. Um, and as Kieran said to me, actually, actually it was Kieran's sister, Sharon Darwin. Um, she said to me, yeah, no, it'd be good to do competition just to see where you're at. Because that's another reason why you should do competitions and goal set is to see where you're at and improve in areas that you need to improve on. Because everyone's kind of like, oh, I'll compete and do I won gold. It's like, okay, but what are you taking from that apart from that you won and you're the best in your division? Do you know what I mean? So you kind of, yeah. it should be kind of like, oh, I didn't, my bottom game was really weak during this competition. Maybe we need to kind of work on that. And then there's your next goal get better at having, get better at your guard game or something. And then eventually what happened is when you're at least expecting it, you're going to get, you're going to get given your blue belt. I think if you're expecting your blue belt, what happens is, is it doesn't come, blue belt doesn't come, doesn't, blue belt doesn't come, and you get disappointed. Then it does come, and it's great, then now you don't have any goals. Mm. You know what I mean? Smart goals really are kind of a thing of breaking it up. And, um, like, yeah, I, going back to smart goals, again, it is important that your overall big picture, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a person that always looks at the big picture. Well, I try to, but whenever I'm pissed off, I generally don't. Um, but right now, I'm not pissed off, but big picture. Um, but like, your end goal of this big picture is to improve my jiu-jitsu. That, that is your, like, whilst everyone's kind of like, I want a black belt. It's like, yeah, that's cool. That's what it should be. Yeah, that's what it should be. But then at the same time, that's still improving your jiu-jitsu. So then the actual goal is getting better at jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And everyone's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, it's getting my black belt. Like, yeah, but that's still getting better at jiu-jitsu. So that's what that is. And then your belts actually just come along. Your belts are a result of getting better at jiu-jitsu. And a lot of people, I know some people who say, there's a difference between people who say, I want my blue belt, and, it's diff- and, and a difference between people who say, I want to improve at jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. And it's all, it's all a big mindset kind of thing. Yeah. Most of the people who say, oh, I want this belt, I want that belt, they're just going to fucking quit after getting it, or they'll just not mm-hmm. train as much. You know, because, yeah. like, even if they're training their ass off to get the thing, like, oh, like you said, they don't have another goal. Like, okay, I'll just tip away for a bit, whatever, I got the blue belt, nah, who cares? That sort of yeah. thing will happen. And that's it, like, you know, and then they stop. But then again, smart goals come into play again, where it's yeah. like, after, after sure. you got a blue belt, I want my tip on my blue belt. Yeah. Or I want to win a competition at blue belt, because all my competitions were at white belt before. Now I want to win a few competitions at blue belt. And stuff. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's like that's one of the great things about competition, isn't it? Like when you when you become the king of that pile, it's like okay, time for the next challenge. Mm. You know, whether you, you level up to a, a more prestigious tournament or that you, you level up grade wise or, or whatever, it's it's always chasing those challenges. And there's another thing as well, actually, getting onto grappling shows. That should mm. be that should be an aspiration for a lot of people as well. Oh yeah, I mm. love fighting on grappling shows. I barely yeah. get on them now, but whenever I'm on them, it's like this is class. You know what I mean? Like, I was it's on. Fun. Yeah, it's class fun. Like, it's great fun. Like, um, and plus you get that recognition afterwards. If mm. like, oh, you fought on this and you fought on that, it's like, I did, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you're kind of like, ah, shit. Which one was you? I did, yeah. Was, was you after? Was you after one that fucking? Uh, yeah, <laughs> which one was he watching? Yeah, which one are you after? Watch the good one or the bad one? Huh? But, uh, uh, so, so guys, they're like people should work towards. I think. Mm. Yeah, like I see, one of my major ones is like, uh, this is like a short to midterm goal, more like it's getting to the point of long term goal because of the fucking Rona was to get a 
get gold in a blue belt competition because I've gotten bronze and I've gotten silvers. I'm like, I just fucking want the gold. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucking annoying as all hell. <laughs> you know how it is. It'll come. Yeah. Mm. Or if, uh, if I can't get a gold medal, I'd settle for one of those belts, championship belts. That, that'd, be, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. That'd you know, be that's... Naga would be the shit, man. That would be the tits. <laughs> I would love to go to Naga. Actually, I've competed. I've won silver in Naga twice in a row. Uh, very upset about it. <laughs> that's, that, that's one of my specific goals for Naga. Actually, is winning gold and getting a belt. Um, like Naga is just a stupid fucking prestigious event. Like, and every, everybody knows about it. Everybody knows about it. And same with ADCC. Like, imagine fucking coming away from ADCC with a medal. Never mind gold, silver, and medal. A medal, yeah. Or qualifying for ADCC. Qualifying for ADCC is a big fucking thing too. And everyone's going to go, oh, I didn't qualify for ADCC. It's like, how would you, how would you do? Oh, I, I came in the top four, but I needed to be in the top two. It's like, that's that's still like, that's that's still like way better than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's totally badass. Like, you know. Uh, dude, that, that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, exactly. Overlooking, overlooking your achievements, even though they may seem small, is actually quite a, a big thing too, I think. Yeah. Like, like you can kick yourself out and everything for like I remember actually Kieran O'Donnell's great for this I remember fucking winning silver or something and I was like I'm not I'm lost happy with that I was like no what are you on about it was like, it's like that guy there has been doing jiu-jitsu for six, six, seven years and he fucking ran through him like a train you know what I mean like and and like or maybe like let's say you have a bad match it's like no that's okay don't worry about it like you know he caught you like it is like up to that point it was it was grand like it was just during the scramble like you know don't worry about it move on to the next one that kind of thing. Like having people like that in the corner to make you kind of see that, oh, you might have done this or you mightn't have done this isn't always a bad thing. Like if you, like people, people say, oh, I, oh, I didn't achieve my goals. What was your goal? Uh, winning goals. Like, oh, that's, that's disappointing. But like, you know, look, you meddled anyway. That's that's nothing to sneeze at, as Kamali said. Like it's... Yeah, it's performance there, isn't it? You know, you've done well enough to get to that level. Like, I stepping on the mats actually is a big thing too. Yeah. A lot of people don't actually compete because they're terrified to compete. And you're just here like, right, I'm shitting. I've taken five shits this morning, but I'm still going to compete. Yeah. Like, <laughs> See, I'd say anyone who gets on the mat is a fucking hero to me. Like, yeah. if you're if you're if you're gutsy enough to get on the mat and pull it out there, you know, and do what you can do. Mm. You know, fuck it. That like that's an achievement. Dude, that wouldn't. That's why. That's why a lot of kids actually compete loads too because. I don't think they they don't feel the pressure that we do because we unless they have those parents that are like you did this but like um but we as adults we kind of tend to overthink a lot of things so if we go to a competition like oh shit what happens if I get armor what happens if I get triangle what happens if arm breaks what happens if you break my ankle or whatever and Charles is like oh, I'm going into roll yeah yeah <laughs> it's a simple like like one of my kids actually choked strangled the kid so hard with a guillotine in one of the competitions and he taught the kid tapped. And my kid let go of it, and then he, he still won the match anyways. He was like, oh, why didn't the referee stop that? I was like, oh, well, the referee, the referee didn't see the tap, and he didn't call it, but he, you taught him the tap, so then you let go of it. He's like, all right. It's like, so what do I do there? It's like, just don't let go of it until he taps next time, until the referee stops it. He's like, okay. It's like, like, <laughs> like, literally, he did the exact same thing the next match, and then the kid got sick because he choked him so hard. I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't know. Oh, that's, man. That's the point, but, like, but it is kind of the point because it's like the kid literally just go in there because it's a role. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's a role, but it's not like, you know, your traditional role where like, it's like, oh, I'm going to roll with 
with Sean where I'm, I'm expecting a lot of stuff from Kazakatami or I'm, I'm expecting to get put my face now um, when, it, when we start from standing or Kimanzi, if I'm in, I do not want to be in Psycho Bob, basically, and that kind of thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Whenever you're going to competition, you're kind of, if you know the person, you're kind of going to avoid certain yeah. and stuff. But whenever you're going to competitions, kind of going against different people, that is, you're kind of going to be like, oh, well, this is going to be strange. Uh, you get the general thing, like if you see a yeah. lanky bastard, like yeah, maybe don't let him triangle you. If you yeah, see yeah. like a stocky dude, like okay, don't let him get get on top of you. Yeah. You know, it's just sort of general thing. You'll get like yeah. specifics and shit. Yeah, literally, like it is. It is kind of that. It's kind of simple. As but then there's also like, oh shit, he looks like a beast. Oh shit, that guy's huge, tall. Like he's gonna fucking he's gonna arm me and triangle me from everything. Like, no, like just go in there and roll, like you know, and have a bit of fun. And there's another goal that people should always be setting: have fun. Yeah, most important one. You, you, you miserable cut. I know. Dude, like the best thing about competitions is all the, you know, everyone's real fucking friendly. You're trying to shoot other, like, say, you, I have a lot of friends at other gyms and shit. Or, you know, like someone recognized me one time for all the memes. So I felt like a fucking, I got a bit, big head over that because they're like, oh, are you the meme guy? Or this other fella's like, oh, yeah, I know you. You're that humanity fella. Like, oh, man. My reputation precedes me. So, you know, you, you know, or if it's, you know, so, or if you had a good match and someone come, comes over to you after, it's like, oh, dude, man, it was a good fucking match there, man. Good work. Yeah, you know, that's all just, just, just like a spectator and shit, you know, you know, it means a lot because everyone's real friendly and they're just there to see some good ass jujitsu and shit. Conference boosters. Like, it is, like, it is kind of like, you know, it is kind of like a mental thing, too, obviously. Um, whenever somebody comes up to you and says, like, like my second man, it's like, oh, you're that meme, human jiu-jitsu guy. And I don't yeah. know, somebody told me actually in time of the day, it's like, oh, you're on a podcast, don't you? And I was like, I call it the podcast. Yes, yes. I do. Yes. <laughs> and that's an achievement we should celebrate. Yeah. Uh, exactly. What, with champagne or some shit? At a party? If you're busy jujitsu podcast Christmas party. Yeah, <laughs> literally. literally. So you would have to um, 12 rolls of Christmas. Um, yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> But then again, it is kind of it does come down to that kind of thing of where it's like if you do even compete, that's a big fucking milestone for you. Like, yeah. Okay, on the match, and everyone's kind of gosh, you're only competing like. But then I remember tell I remember talking to a few people who were like, "How the fuck do you get up there in front of people and like you know, grapple like, like what the fuck? Like, like I can barely I can barely like you know ask the person I can barely like you know give change to somebody when I'm in a shop." Without people looking at me, because I'm I'm always hearing people that are kind of like telling me to hurry up. But it's like whenever you're in a competition, like you're literally just like everybody's looking at you, and it's kind of like yeah, but I don't really I'm not worried about that. Care, you're trying to not go unconscious. I'm trying to not get strangled, arms broken. Uh, look, uh, you'll 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 realize what truly matters when you have another when you're a grown man and there's another grown man trying to fucking put you to sleep and shit. Yeah. You'll you'll get you'll get a bit of perspective then. Mm. Yeah. Like, although then again I am kind of the person where it's like if I'm in the middle of a role I'll be like looking around myself I'll just be like I don't know what to do from here so I'm trying to look at you until like you nod or something like, <laughs> it's happened before like I've been in a competition and I've just been sitting there and saying like I have no idea what the fuck to do because like, I didn't have a corner but I was in a I was in leg I was in a honey hole leg lace and uh Shane Hughes goes to me Take mount con. I was like, how the fuck? I, I literally said to him, how the fuck am I supposed to get mount? <laughs> literally in honey hole. I have his two. How do I get mount, Shane? Explain <laughs> that to me, you white belt. And the referee was just there like, fuck's sake, what 
Oh, yeah. guys, you ever see that video of the MMA fight? These guys, like, playing like an open guard. He's trying to mush him, and his corner screams, and punch him in the face. Your man, she, she, she takes his mouth guard out and looks at his red, his corner. He's like, really? I never fucking thought about that. He puts it back in and just continues fighting then. There's that one where, where your man, where your one's like, hit him, get up, hit him. And your, your man just takes a jump and he's like, ma, shut up. <laughs> Punch him in the dick. Uh, no shit, man. <laughs> but, uh, but going, uh, back, going back to goal setting as well. Like, yeah, well, I read out some of the stuff I got off the Instagram yeah, there. Yeah, mm. do it, do it. So, I actually got, I got, I got this one off of one of your boys, Shawnee, there. So prepare for a, a scathing review. Please. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, my, my coach, Sean, he's such, he's such a great dude. Yeah, fuck him. He's such a great guy. <laughs> no, that, that, that wasn't in it. That came up later, but whatever. Like, <laughs> Blair. Ah, you know, he, he has a nice head of hair, so screw him anyway. <laughs> like, uh, my main goal in BGA is to aim to consistently improve each day and try and help others improve in whatever way I can. So that's another thing. Like, yeah. if, you know, whatever yourself being good, uh, but man, if you're a good training partner as well, you're already better than like 60% of people because most people don't realize the importance of being a good training partner and like offering appropriate resistance. Like, you know, cause I don't like drilling with like a dummy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like say, say I'm doing something in the drill and it's very clearly obviously wrong. Like there's a lot of space, make it aware. Like if I'm not holding the armbar correctly, escape it. And just like, you know, they'll give me a cue to tighten up the fucking armbar, you know, or if you see, you know, you know if you're there, everything, I don't, yeah. You know, but you know what I mean, like, and also, or one of the things I like is like uh, instead of just drilling the whole time, is like mini specifics with like low resistance. So you know, like I'm trying to drill the move, but you give me appropriate reaction. Like say I'm trying to guard pass, you just retain regularly and stuff. Or if I do this, you put me into Delaheva guard or some shit, as opposed to just regular drilling. Like, like um, situational sparring kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, but with, with like, not like with the resistance of regular, like uh, me and my boys, we call it the flowy, you know, like not like a regular flow roll, just the flowy. <laughs> Plus I find you get, as opposed, you know, as a regular flow roll, where you're trying to just do your regular game, you get put into positions that you never would have usually gone into. You know, like I remember one time I was doing that and I was playing fucking, uh, what's it? I was playing like fucking spider guard. Like, man, I, I never fucking touched spider guard. So, you know, yeah. you get a bit of, or they put you into things you're not used to dealing with, and you try and pass out of that situation. Yeah. But you that's know. how you learn. 100%. Yeah. yeah, here's another one from a guy I fought before. He's like, uh, uh, win international comps, especially the Euros, help grow BGJ for the old fuckers like me, and encourage people to start at an older age and even compete, etc., etc. We do have this today, but I feel like there is much more... There's much more than that uh, That can be done. He said, then can be done. I'm like, well, like, that doesn't make sense. That can be done for older people, especially people who have full-time jobs and families. That's good. Like trying to, you know, it's a bit harder for the older gents, you know, because, you know, they're old and their bones suck. <laughs> Sean, Sean, well, yeah, I suppose what he's coming to is that it's all about the life stage as well. You know, like goals can be very different. Like, uh, like I'm never going to go and win the, the adult's, uh, divisions anymore like you know but um like the life stage you can be like a full-blown competitor you could be a recreational but you could be a master's player you could be a coach so it's it's all different goals depending on your life stage as well like if, if you've got five kids work 72 hours uh, a week your your jujitsu time is going to be pretty small by comparison 
Yeah, so unless you're mats at home and all your kids are into jiu-jitsu and your wife is into it as well and your neighbor yeah. who trains down the street is into yeah, it. But that's that's a lot that's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, caveats to that scenario. Yeah. You know, like so it, it you know for the older guys like like he, he's saying it it can be hard to have the same kind of goals as other people in the gym, you know, and you have to realize that your goals are different as someone else's. You know, mm. take all those things into account. Yeah, they don't have to be the same like. No. No. Your goals are your goals, not just Bob's. Yeah, that's it. Like, like Bob mightn't have the same restrictions and limitations on life as you would. Bob might have one leg, <laughs> you know. So yeah, don't yeah, exactly. yourself, Bob. He'll still try. He'll still triangle you somehow, some fucking way, somehow. Yeah, head and arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, here's another one. Uh, short-term goal: actually train. Step one: towards goal. End goal: pandemic. Step two: get choked a lot. Step three: profit? Question mark. Uh-huh. Like the underpants gnome shit we were ah, saying. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Other goals include, but are not limited to uh to one, tap good people, two, learn new techniques, three, tap better people, uh seven, uh repeat five. Uh this guy like repeat five, don't get horribly injured and give up in the sport, possibly and other possible athletic endeavors in the future. Four, learn to count, six, be flexible, seven, go go plata, some bully dude in front of some girl in Brazil and eat acai and shit. Okay, that's that's a lot of fucking layers. <laughs> I'm going on a date with a Brazilian girl next weekend, actually. I'm gonna be way happy with that. Where are you gonna go on a date for the Rona? Do you know where it's open? Are you gonna go on a nice oh, country God. walk? Ah, oh, fuck off, nah, man. See, man, however bad it was, it's just a little sidetrack. However bad it was trying to get uh, into dating scene before the Rona, it's about a million times worse now because no one wants to meet up. I'm like, man, I, I'm sorry about you, but I don't do Zoom dates and shit. Like, well, first of all, I wouldn't be able to get someone to go on a Zoom date with me, but I'm not into that shit. You know going, what I mean? I'm just going for a walk on the canal. Really, you're gonna you're gonna possibly, gonna... possibly end up being a murder, but I, I don't know. Who knows. Ah man, I was, I was just gonna say that uh, you're just gonna push her into the lake or some shit. Yeah, I, I just go out to the kitchen. You know, <laughs> that's the limit of my uh, you know date life now. So, ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, nonsense. That's it. Here's the last one your sent your man sent to me. He's like, compete more, work in my weak areas, try to find things, compliment my game, and in the meantime, while all. That is a lot hard, so it's impossible to do from uh, from a screen. Just get stronger, more flexible, and enjoy the time from the thing, time away from the thing that make my knees click a couple of decades early. But my my knees are clicking now, and I'm fucking twenty one. So <laughs> that's that's fun. Uh, that's a good one. Just try because people who are using this time productively, like working out and shit, like I'm not doing. I haven't worked out in a week because I'm just fucking lazy. <laughs> I don't work out. Look, similar to that, look, I know that I'm eating like a horse at the moment. You know, I'm just bored as well. You know, so I've decided for for the short term just to move from featherweight to lightweight just so I can feel somewhat decent in a gi, you know. Oh, man, see. Weights and do yoga and stuff, but it's yeah, it's not the fucking same as choking people, you know. Like, man, see, before the Rona, like, I was fucking, tr- and, you know, like, get this. I was working at a fucking factory. It was uh, 12 hour shifts, like three days, one week, four the next. But then for like, a, I finished up my contract and for like a month straight, I was training twice a day, six days a week, like a motherfucker. And even then during the whole factory thing, I was still there twice a day, three to four days a week. Like I was training like a motherfucker, even when I was working 12 hour shifts. And then especially afterwards, I was training like a motherfucker even more. And to go from six, twice a day, six days a week to none, 
is a bit jarring because man, that's how I stayed in shape. Like I could eat like a like a I could eat like a fat turd and shit. I would still be in decent shape because I was fucking training so goddamn much. You know what mm. I mean? It didn't even matter what I was eating because I was working out a lot. And now doing all this shit is just weightlifting is fucking boring. I'm sorry. It's yeah. fucking it's boring. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is fun. Oh yeah, look, I, I was—I think it was a previous podcast we were talking about it, and I got so bored. I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm going to do a half marathon. Grand, no bother. Done, dusted. Don't need to do it again." You know, like mm. that running in running is running is boring as fuck. I hate running. Yeah, that's oh, man. <laughs> the reason I fight, I fucking do jiu-jitsu is so I don't have to run. Yeah, yeah exactly. Humanity doesn't run ever. My dad actually said to me, I, my, uh, me and dad go for walks and cycles sometimes. Um, but uh, he goes to me, it's like, are you not a fit young man? Like, do you not do wrestling and jiu-jitsu? It's like, yeah, but that means that's like staying in like a nine by nine square meter area. I don't have to move. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to run. Like, yeah, but do you not like lift people in short? It's like, we're walking. This is different. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not the same fitness. It's a different energy system. Yeah, it is. Like, people who do CrossFit are nuts. I think they're all fucking nuts because they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go for a mile run, then I'm going to do a million push-ups and a million sit-ups, then a million double-unders or double-overs, unders, I don't know, whatever it is. And then they're going to lift, like, you know, uh, 80% of their max their max squat and then 80% of their max deadlift and then 80% of their clean, clean and jerk. And it's kind of like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, how, how what, how, does that, that just sounds painful. Like, and they're doing it on your own. Like, it's, like I, I, there's a room full of other people also in pain, but then jujitsu is you in pain while you can also admire yourself. You're sharing the pain. Yeah, you can you can like help somebody else feel the pain, if that makes sense. Oh, dude, the best thing you can do is to do jujitsu with someone and just make them experience your agonizing torture on a daily basis. That's that's the greatest gift you can give somebody. I see you're bored. You're choking your own leg. Oh no, this is to fix my knee because this. I, this knee is fucking horrible. Even before I started jiu-jitsu, I fucked this knee up because this is the most embarrassing injury I've ever had. Get this. So when I was in a fifth, fifth year in school, in secondary school, the first ever PE class we were doing, we were doing a warm-up. We were doing tag for the warm-up. And man, I got, inj- I got injured while playing tag. I, was, I, know, I looked behind me to see if a man was behind me. I ran knee first, boom, into another guy, knee first. Bang! And I went flying. I was like, "Oh fuck me, this hurts." And for years, that was that was five years ago. And I started Shitsu three and a half. This isn't this has not helped matters at all. Dude, I'm gonna show you right now the most fucked up knee you're ever gonna see. Oh, all let's right? see it. Let's see it. Okay. All right. Oh my god! Fuck! Look at that. There's oh. part of my original kneecap. You know, you can put your fingers inside the knee. Yeah, baby. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. How the fuck yeah. did that happen? That's rock climbing incident. But I have a good tattoo on the other side. So. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> Man, you should make that into a patch or something, Sean. That's a good one. Yeah, that's it. Judo, jiu-jitsu, half, the red slash is half and half. And one side to throw, the other one's a guard pull. Ah, oh, dude. So what, upside down looks like a guard pull? Yep. Dude, that is, you got to send me... In guard. I'm, it's like I'm pulling guard from standing up, it's a throw. Oh man, you gotta send me like a picture of that later, so I, I, my, we can get patches made of that because that's fucking cool. Cool. Well, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty gnarly knee, and I did all my international judo and everything with that knee. So, can we see your other knee for uh, reference? 
Or is that okay? Yeah, as the, well? other knee, the other knee was reconstructed as well, but it's well on there. It's actually straight. Or oh, okay, that looks relatively straight. normal. Yeah, they just took um, grafts from my hamstring to remake um, cartilage and ligaments. Jesus, Sean, would we not dispense with that shit and just give you robot legs? Here, look, look, look. You like my scar on my arm? Well, there. Do you see that one there? Yeah, sort of, kind of. The image isn't yeah. great. But, oh, yeah. shit, how'd that happen? Uh, that was fighting up in the north. Uh, judo tried to throw a 120 kilo guy. It was kind of the, the open weight or the absolute. I was trying oh. to do a dropsy in Aggie. Um, and he just jumped my back and put my hand flat out like that. And Jesus Christ. Was it like yeah. jut, jutting out and shit? Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Well, okay. Plates in it. You know, still. And this one, if you can see that one, is a, a tricep reconstruction. So, Man, is there any part of your body that isn't shit? Like, how's your back and how's your neck and your ribs? Yeah, my ribs are good. I've got the rib of victory, which just kind of sticks out here. But I've put on too much weight to show you my topless now at the moment. It's just not as flattering as it used to be. But, uh, yeah. Uh, if if we're gonna we're gonna have to make people pay to see Sean topless because you can't give that away for free. You have to see you have to pay to see the rib of victory. Oh yeah, the rib of victory, man. It's it's awesome. But yeah, I'm a few nice scars. So half my body is scar tissue. The other half is tattoos. So <laughs> why did you get tattoos to cover the scar tissue? Because <laughs> it's fucking painful to get tattoos on scar tissue, and it doesn't stretch. Well, it's painful anyway. Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, it's only weakness leaving the body. Yeah. Mm. Uh, tell that to my knee that's been fucked up for five years. Why doesn't that pain what leave? Messed up. What the fuck? I'm still kind of processing what you said about the whole arm and leg. And, uh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. With the, the, the tricep tear, uh, I remember there's only one specialist in Ireland that does it, uh, fixes them. And he was like, this only happens to powerlifters or guys who are on the juice. And I, I was kind of going, how the fuck? Yeah, uh, and he just said the the sheer the torque I put into uh, the I was trying to do a helicopter choke, and uh, so your man was down on all fours. I grabbed the gi, placed my arm down. And he caught it, mm -hmm. and as I spun, it literally sheared the muscle straight off. Uh, so what, I, like I, like a tricep slicer or something? Yeah, tricep slicer, and I literally tried to put my hand on the ground to stand back up, and the arm wouldn't straighten. You know, there was the mechanic to actually push it out was totally gone fucking hell how long did that recovery take I, I didn't know. Uh, four months fucking yeah. hell yeah i went to work for a few days i just like trying to open doors like wasn't working i was like oh, well, i suppose to go to the doctor why is this not working yeah yeah it doesn't anyway. have confused yeah uh, i would say but a lovely green Oh man, uh, sure. Look, you know, exactly. You get back to it, like Con was saying earlier. What's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. uh, well, you could be crippled and be, be, be in a wheelchair, but even then, you with your judo assist, you'd still train anyway. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, so, guys, I think we'll call an episode there. We've hit the one hour and two minutes and 50 seconds mark. So, guys, you've been to say before we shoot off. Oh, uh, do your oh. weekly check in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so guys, if you have anything to, 
Yeah, if you've anything to, you know, vent to us or the group, you can send it to us on our fucking Instagrams, at Jitsu at Con Gracie, sorry, Con underscore Gracie, sorry, Shawnee Judo Jits, Humans Jitsu Podcast. If you have anything to say that you want us to cover in the next episode or anything, or if you just want to vent or anything, you can say it on our Facebook group or those Instagram accounts. It's all good, whatever, whatever you want. So, you know, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. So, do you guys have anything to say? I know uh, Shawnee Boy. Uh, me? No, no, just, just if you're goal setting for jiu-jitsu, just pick the right goals, stick with them and figure out how you do it. Write it down. Mm. So, and stick it on your fridge so you can see what's your goal and tick it off as you're making progress. Staple you it to your forehead. Absolutely, absolutely. And if people want to see extra pictures of my gnarly body, that, you should subscribe and pay for the Patreon. It might be part of it. If, oh, we, no. bring if we bring the Patreon back, that'll be the first thing going on. Yeah. Sean's extreme body parts. Uh, all right, we'll make that a YouTube series. Sean's gnarly body, episode one, the left knee. <laughs> the left knee, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Con? You got anything? Um, no, not really. Just same kind of Sean, like you know. Um, I'm not going to show any bits of my body, but like I'll show you how to break somebody else's parts of their body. I guess if that's what you. Uh, uh, a little sidetrack guys like uh i'm doing this college course to sports injury management and uh there were you know there's like uh client shit like massage therapy and body analysis and stuff we're doing one of them and you know you have to examine someone's body and shit see if there's any like posture problems like if they're leaning too much to one side if like uh they have a protrusion or some shit or if their curvature the spine's all fucky so who do you think got examined first this guy oh my god i've never felt so fucking critical of myself then because like oh look his shoulder's kind of fucked here he's uh sort of leaning too much to one side i think he's favoring one leg his spine is a bit fucky you can't find this fucking weird muscle thing on his body and uh he's a little chubby so i'm like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) how to make someone feel good yeah thanks thanks a lot fucking bitch (laughs) that's kind of mean uh thanks a lot guys hope you enjoyed it was